Hello, welcome to the recommendation game, a film of the week podcast where we take turns to pick a movie that the other person hasn't seen. We watch it separately and then we meet to discuss it. I am Ricardo Deacon. I am Orla Magnus. And you're listening to Dublin Digital Radio. This week's film was chosen by Orla. It is Ladybird from 2017. It is. Uh, oh, f- fuck! Is that 2017? Well, like it, it came at the end of 2017. Yeah, like, like for a... us, it comes out in 2018. Yeah, but yeah. they, you know, award season and whatnot uh, to be discussed. Jumble of that time in there. Filmed the RT gave 10 out of 10. Uh, obviously, I don't have the sheet, so I don't have. But I take all my synopsis from Google, <laughs> even when I have the sheet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've had good. We have bad. We had. Weird synopsis, yes. Which one is this? Uh, this is possibly one the, uh, of the strangest ones. Awesome. Because it seems to be that the person that uh, wrote it hasn't seen the movie and has oh, mistaken <laughs> who is the protagonist of the movie or the mo- what the movie is about. Is this a Timothy Chalamet die hard because they No, me. no, no. Uh, <laughs> one of the... A stand, yeah, no. Oh, good God. Um, uh, the the first words uh, give you an indication how wrong-headed the synopsis is. Marion McPherson, a nurse, okay, works tirelessly to keep her family afloat after her husband loses his job. She also maintains a turbulent bond with a teenage daughter who is just like her, loving, str- strong-willed, and deeply opinionated. Like, mm-hmm. this is not the movie. No, that's, that's not what the movie's called. <laughs> <laughs> Ladybird. Is that like it? The, the, is yeah, that it? yeah. Okay, the, fair, fair. All right, thanks, Google. Uh, that'd be like the, the what's the name of the actress? Uh, Laurie Metcalf cut of the movie that <laughs> she just cuts. <laughs> See that, Sharon and completely out of the movie. I am the main character now. That was it. <laughs> That was that wasn't her original contract, I fear. And you know, this is how we get Laurie. <laughs> it's all about you, Laurie. So it's like Mama Bird, the, the name of the movie. <laughs> that works. So the movie Recut pending. The film is directed by Greta Gerwig, produced by Scott Rudin, Eli Bush, and Evelyn O'Neill, written by Greta Gerwig, starring Saoirse Ronan, Laurie Metcalf, Tracy Letts. Lucas Hedges, Timothy Chamolet, Binnie Fieldstein, Stephen McKinley Henderson and Lois Smith. Music by John Bryan, cinematography by San Levy and edited by Nick Huey. Uh, I'll give a slightly better synopsis out of the top of my head. Uh, Lady Bird is uh, basically a coming of age story starring Saoirse Ronan. Her character's name is uh, Christine, Christine, but she goes by Ladybird in an attempt in a way to disassociate herself from her parents. And during the last stages of high school and the period straight after 9-11, she has to make decisions about her future and how her future is going to affect her relationship within the family unit. Hmm. Interesting. You've never corrected the terrible synopsis before. I feel this bodes well. Well, like uh, the correction is more than anything because 
if anybody hasn't seen this movie, yeah, it is. Sometimes it's kind of funny, <laughs> and also it's a, a more well-known movie. Let's say yeah. you know, if the Exorcist, well, I suppose Exorcist Three is not a well-known movie. But if no. we had done, for example, uh, think that uh, the conversation was a strange yeah. synopsis as well. Yeah. But it's Whoa, a that's, very that's kicking it old school. Episode three, Jesus. Yeah, but it's a simple enough movie that when we talk about it, you get <clears throat> yeah. what the movie is about. It's like Gene Hackman records people, and like weird <laughs> Thank, shit happens because he records. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but <clears throat> in this case, it's like so. It, it sounds more like an episode of All in the Family or something. You know, uh, if I can. Laurie McCaffrey, yeah. working class woman. Yeah. So Orla, why did you pick? Uh, Ladybird, uh, or the <laughs> Marion McPherson film, Untitled McPherson. Well, <laughs> because we've done every other girl, teenage girl coming of age story up to this point, <laughs> so I felt like this was the one to finish off the set. Uh, uh, no, I do. I do think that this is one of the best films from like the last year or so. You know, let's say year because it was kind of in the last year that it came out. Um, this is a very funny one though because um, people love this movie, and I did not remember how much people were obsessed with this film. And like, what's funny is I really like this film, but I don't think it's a bloody masterpiece. Should have won all the Oscars, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, like, it's funny how you can really like a film and still be kind of mystified why people are so enamored with it, if you know what I mean. Which it's kind of, it's always, it was a funny one in my head. And when I rewatched it recently, I was like, no, like this, because... I think maybe I saw it with a lot of pressure on it as well and it was a whole kind of thing at the time but I gave it a bit of space and watched it again and I was like no like I do think this is a film that pretty much anyone who's ever been a teenager or a young person um not necessarily in this particular era this is set because I think that like a lot of these movies they tend to be uh you could move this to the 80s you can move to the 70s etc it's a you know it's a particular place in time but at the same time a lot of the themes are very you know handled in a you know I think in a not unique way but an interesting way but at the same time you could move this anywhere so I think anyone who's ever been a teenager and felt the particular pain of being a teenager particularly at this point in your life where it's not it's not like 13 14 15 it's 17 18 which is a very it's a very particular time in people's lives even whenever they're not going off to college or whatever so it's a universal story um yeah, I think as, as well, I mean, I think ignoring any flaws that, that this does have, in a way it kind of does the film and also Greta Gerwig a disservice, because I think just kind of going, you're a genius, Greta, uh, you know, it's it's kind of... For some reason, completely unrelated to the movie, mm. it's just every time I hear the word Greta, like my brain automatically goes garbo. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like and one the of the fact those... that the second name begins with G yeah. and also has an R in it, it's like... A, you're... Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'm not sure how you feel about uh, Gerwig herself, um, like in her previous movies and stuff. Like for me, I've always liked her. Um, like I really like Frances Ha. Um, like for me, she's always, even whenever she was in something that wasn't that great, like Greenberg or whatever. Um, she always kind of escapes being the particular kind of irksome. Let's say that this kind of character that she plays a what lot. Was the Miss America well, the oh, other film that she did? Uh, yeah, with, that's uh, I I think I tried to watch that and didn't for some reason, but um yeah, where she's kind of playing the older character, but um she kind of escapes that I think I uh, 
because she's always been like a little, little bit older than me as characters and also she kind of lacks like the sort of perfect kind of doid sort of creepiness of someone like Zoe Deschanel um, why <laughs> anytime somebody starts saying that like that's the image that I of Zoe Deschanel yeah, yeah. yeah you know what I mean and like yeah. I do think that Zoe Deschanel got a very bad rap and became the like icon of the manic pixie dream girl which I don't think was always her fault because I think Zoe Deschanel has done some kind of interesting things and I kind of like her as a person but at she's the same time she's in assassination it was Jesse James by the car Robert Ford for one. Oh, very good very good I was gonna say the real appraisal of 500 days of summer which I think is very interesting I like how whenever movies that are That's not a piece that of old, shit movie <laughs> it's not a good movie but I do enjoy um, its reappraisal explains um, uh, a lot what the director went in to do in Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 uh, <laughs> Electro no thank you uh uh, anyway. I do like New Girl though. Like I think that. Oh yeah, New Girl was one of those things that started off being one thing and then yeah. became something so different and so much better. <laughs> like that—that that was a a show of its time, I think, and how they managed to pivot. It's from like what Brooklyn Nine Nine is similar. That yeah. it starts with one thing and then one episode. Yeah. You can tell that the writers went, "This oh, is what the show should be." Yeah. And then and boom, then yeah. just pivot, like forget yeah. about. It. Parks and Rec did the same. That the oh, first God, season yeah. seems to be a completely it's, different show. It's an- and the rest of it but like, it's that that's all about finding the female character yeah. as well like and, oh god I love Parks and Rec I was only starting to like watch that property again recently and just oh my god I just couldn't like, get through season one I just yeah. skipped it completely yeah. I watched two episodes like fuck this you can pretty and much watch in. a few episodes of season two and then just skip to the bit whenever Rob Lowe and uh, what do you call him come into it because that's when it really yeah. hits its stride then and like Rob Lowe is just fab and, and Nick Offerman is amazing yeah but he only gets better and better that's he's another character that they really develop anyways um yeah, I think. Sorry, I'm doing an Orla too. <laughs> oh, snap! That's not what I do. That's what we both do. And how dare you? I just glaze off and forget what we were talking about. That's my only flaw. Um, <laughs> uh, I think uh, I was thinking about this earlier. Um, I think this kind of captures quite well. Like, obviously, being a teenager, it's not new to say that it's a very like conflicting time in your life. But what I like about this is that kind of time when you're about 17 or you know, 16, 17, 18, when you're caught between wanting to be cool and, you know, not giving a shit. And then also feeling the pressure to succeed. So, and I'm like, I'm not, obviously, this is not all kids. There's teenagers that have a completely different time of life than, you know, that is, say, like, standard teenage life. Teenage is, is a horrible time for everybody. But obviously, like, this is not kids, as in the Harmony Corinne movie. You know what oh, I mean? Geez. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that movie. And, <laughs> but, like, this is, this is like, you know, lower middle class, mostly white people. Like, Lady Bird isn't, she's not well-adjusted, but she's very sparky. She's very bright. You know, you feel, you know, she she's probably going to find her way messily, let's say. Um... So, yeah, it's kind of like, it captures well, like that feeling where you get to a certain point where you realize that you're probably not ever going to be, like, brilliant. You know, you're probably a just sort of average. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you had that whenever you were, like, around the time that you're, like, doing the leaving cert and you're kind of, like, you know, suddenly realizing that maybe you're not going to be some of the things that you wanted and, like, having to handle that. Like, I really related to that and, like, also her, obviously, like, her relationship with, all the various male characters in the film like and all the, the sort of various boys that she comes into contact with and how they become all consuming and like many girls as well that like that time in your life is like 
you know, for some people, scouring. For other people, and for, like, a lot of girls, it's just incredibly unsatisfying. <laughs> you know, and, like, the, one of the best scenes in this is whenever she's like, you know, you can touch my boob if you want. You know, as in, like, for the love of God, like, just touch my boob. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that thing of, like, being a girl and, like, just how completely utterly useless teenage boys are and this has a kind of a spectrum of useless boys obviously one of the characters is gay so you know but that's another thing so like obviously this could have been very dark and chaotic or something and like and something let's say like do you ever see 13 yes uh, the one with evan rachel wood yeah 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 um which I think has a lot of merit in a way, like that. There's some very good performances in that, but she she was like uh, it was it's thirteen I always found because it's with Evan and Rachel Wood as well. I always yeah. found that that in the uh, in the Valley, the movie with David Morse and uh, Edward Norton and Evan Rachel Wood mm. is uh, they were good companion pieces kind yeah. of thing. That, like, she's very good. Yeah, yeah, I really like her. Because um, then whenever she turned up in uh, Westworld, I was like, yes. I think, like, this is a real love letter to a lot of things like girlhood, motherhood, um, which I think is as crucial as well of, like, you know, how it is to raise a teenage girl and to be a flawed woman yourself while trying to bring up a young woman. Um, also, like, the, the it's, it's in a way, like, a love letter to, like, the weird, just Catholic crap. You know what I mean? Like, of the, like, just... God, I love the montage at the start with um, just all the... Ca- like, I didn't go to, like, a Catholic school, let's say. But, you know, I, I did. grew up Catholic, etc. You know, my primary school would have been more Catholic than my secondary school was. But at the same time, like, just the idea of mass and all that mad fucking shit. And, like, I did wonder what it would be like to watch this film as a non-Catholic. And, like... You know, obviously you're still going to get it, but at the same time, it's kind of like, I'd love to know what that experience is like, you know, to kind of like, just, just some of the shit you're like, oh God, I love it when they're eating the communion. It's not concentrated. Oh, consecrated. I love that. Um, But yeah, I think as well, like it's a love letter to like the era um, and as well, like to Sacramento itself. Um, which I've really, I really, as a place that I don't really know anything about, I think she, she evokes such a sense of time and place. Like there's such a washed out quality to like the rooms and clothes. Like it's so Californian, but not in that like bright sunny beach way and the kind of like the flatness of it, the, you know, it's just, I think it's really wonderful. Um, I think just as a exercise in, in like world building itself, like going back to the ill fated to all the points I loved before. And one of the issues you had about the characters in the world surrounding the main couple being feeling so lacking in comparison to the main character. Um, but in this, like I really believe in the side characters, like particularly like all the all the adult characters as well, which is so like is not always handled well in a film like this. And it's not just her parents. It's also like the priest character, like the nuns, you know, which is obviously a, an interesting thing in a you know, a movie that has a laugh a lot of Catholicism in it. But um also her friend. And I think like barring her brother and his girlfriend who like, I wish they had more screen time, but everyone feels very well served. Um, yeah, like, I, like it's it's quite a, like, surprising little film as well. Like, things crop up that would become, like, a plot point in another teen movie where the whole thing of Ladybird running for president or class president or whatever the hell it is, you know, there's a lot in it. There's a lot of, like, montages and of the time passing and stuff. Like, obviously, we're talking about Saoirse Ronan, like, 
she gets lauded constantly and the idea of the I always have the fear that she's gonna fall into like Jennifer Lawrence kind of territory of that kind of cookiness of I'm so relatable I fall over things and but she really just is so fab and I buy her as a 17 year old in this as well which I think is crucial because like she's a, she's a good bit older than that like she's in her 20s um it's the mix of kind of being so precocious but also quite scared at the same time often within the one sentence and like I was really thinking about so obviously we've done an awful lot of films like this but I thought about um it's a shame that she killed James Michael <laughs> Robbie died of septicemia. Yeah, just in case you forget, and even if you don't like atonement, and you you, you sometimes wonder about Sergio and go back and watch that movie because she's so fucking good. Um, I like as well how much this looks like a film because I've watched so many like Netflixy type films recently that are so bubblegum pretty, and this is so like. It looks like a movie, and I, I, I really enjoyed that. It's, I think this is quite. A, it's a very well made film, I think. Uh, and then just also side note as well, uh, I watched this yesterday with Eileen, and um, after we had had a full day of watching uh, you, the um, like we watched like five episodes of it, which is the Penn Badgley if uh, <laughs> if Dan Humphrey had murdered everybody and um, in Gossip Girl, it's uh, it's glorious it is trash but it's amazing it's on netflix um of course it is and then we watched all of this german series on netflix called perfume which is just people behaving horrendously and murdering everyone and making perfume out of people so um then we watched this and i was like yep needed that uh yeah so <laughs> i write i really like, like there's there's just there's a lot in this film as well so um without further ado ricardo what did you think of ladybird uh, first of all, uh, weird comparison, but uh, I think apt enough as well because of the ending of this and the ending of this other thing that are strangely mirrored. Mm. Springsteen on Broadway. <laughs> like, and, yes. and I'm not joking. It's like the, the ending is very, like almost if you were told that Springsteen wrote it after watching Lady Bird. He you never, might have... You uh, never know. You might have... You check the timeline uh, there. Well, like, yeah, Springsteen fucking did it afterwards, but it's kind of like Springsteen Broadway is a funny thing as well because it's kind of an offshoot of his uh, autobiography. Mm. That it's bits that he couldn't put in the book that he knew that would only work like through speaking also like playing the music to get you in the mood etc so but the part about religion in particular in small towns Mm. it it really mirrors because like in the end of it he starts talking about going into his old town and uh, he's standing next to the church that was across the road from his house Mm. and uh, there was like a tree outside his house that they will play around and stuff and uh, he goes to visit his old house like a few years ago and the tree had been cut down but you can still see the roots Mm. underneath the pavement they paved it over but it's still kind of uh, like rising mm. like kind of bumpy and he like says that like putting his hand over it he felt like almost like the energy of the tree because it's like the memories oh, would go and and then he goes across the street to where the church was mm. and he says those words that are fucking ingrained on you because the church gets you good and gets you early mm. and you're just spewing it almost in boredom week after week and then never forget those prayers and he says it like he finishes saying the prayers 
and uh, which my mom hated because well. obviously like uh, she hates the Catholic <laughs> Church but in this case it was kind of I'm not religious in any shape or form but it was so ambiguous the same way as the ending of this movie and the, the way it deals with Catholicism mm. that I found it really interesting because it's both I don't know if it's saying like oh when you get older you realize that like uh, you become more spiritual or whatever or that you miss the kind of sense of unity and community that used to be there mm. in your life I think or probably where it like, falls within her yeah the, the very beginning of her in New York probably yeah. says something there yeah and it's a similar kind of uh, vibe as well and the sense about like the relationships coming out going out of your small town it's like weirdly uh, symmetrical and I found it uh, interesting also because it shows how universal the plight of men and women are <laughs> like mm. the after the same things or whatever it's just the plight of men is depicted vastly many more times than the plight of women especially in coming of age which uh, ironically is being kind of corrected lately that mm. there's a lot more coming of age stories about women and I don't think that that's a, a mistake it's kind of the be the first way of dealing with womanhood to be the coming of age yeah and it's still kind of fresh for audiences uh, I was glad to see that this was a film uh, <laughs> like uh Oh, Jesus. I did get like a, a slight kind of, oh, if this is... Because also indie first-time director kind yeah, of thing is kind of... it's got alarm bells attached to it. And uh, coming of age. I thought that I was going to cliche, cliche. I, I had the, the bingo. I didn't win the bingo. I was like, there's either going to be a pregnancy scare <laughs> or then when they start talking about protection and sex, it's like, oh, no. Oh, no. And uh, it just sidesteps it. And mm-hmm. I was very... Like Glad we, about it. Like how we talked about, you know. Yeah. I love that scene. That scene is so great. Uh, I like that the dad is Stanley Tucci, but like not Stanley. <laughs> like you, you know, like it is. It's the Stanley Tucci character. Like literally, you oh, could I like. I love Stanley Tucci so like, much. This dad is great. Like he's a very good performance. I I like him uh, immensely. Uh, especially the scene when uh, they're having their argument and he's just sitting in the computer and it's like you're meant to be mad it's like what are you doing and he's just playing solitaire and it's uh, also like very touching that it's like the 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 film is really about depression over anything else I think uh, which is very interesting take to have for a coming of age movie uh, I was surprised how well like this movie reminded me of two films that I love mm. and in many ways uh, one starring Greta Gerwig which was a uh, 20th century women <laughs> uh, which I think Good this point, is slightly actually. worse but it deals with very similar things the complicated relationship with parents and when yeah. you start becoming like uh, seeing that your parents are people rather than just like mom and dad kind of thing they yeah. become Marion McPherson flawed in different ways than you know <laughs> yeah like you know. it's not no longer like oh they they're so strict or whatever it's that you realize that they've had their dreams and they're aspirations or whatever of you. and you just showed up and ruined their lives <laughs> and um, and um, I like like and the other one especially because of the uh, how it deals with the post 9-11 kind of America which is um Margaret, the kind of longer movie oh, with uh, Anna Paquin, yeah, 
I think that movie is perhaps more flawed than Lady Bird, but it's trying to do a lot more. Mm. So it's kind of more forgiving when the the flaw, like I'm more forgiving of the flaws it has. I, I there are moments in this movie that it's very first time directory kind yeah. of thing. Uh, particularly, uh, I the the biggest issue really that I have with the movie more than anything is the. Uh, even though like the performances th- themselves I don't have an issue with is the Lucas Hedges character and the Timothy uh, Chameleon or Shamala or whatever. Uh, I just want to piss off the fans. Uh, That's okay. The, he's a he's a dope though. He's so lovely. Yeah, like uh, and, <laughs> in real uh, life. him and Sir Sharon and are very cute together. Like even <laughs> when they're like in the Oscars and stuff, oh, it's like geez. very fun. Uh, it's good to see like two people that are kind of uh, very well settled, especially like yeah. for uh, Shamala, they came out of nowhere. Like, yeah, uh, Sharona has been dealing with They're it kind forever. of, of like, a Chalamet is, uh, I saw it was an interesting thing on, I think it was in New Yorker about how Chalamet and also Lucas Hedges, because he's done a few quite interesting things as well, are sort of the representatives of a new form of yeah. masculinity of the kind of like, uh, like with traits that would before it be considered soft or whatever. And I'll how... hedge my bets and to see who's going to be the more influential actor. <laughs> oh. uh, Lucas, I just, uh, uh, inst- interestingly, though, uh, he, you know, the uh, channel that I uh, keep bringing up, which is DP30, the mm. oral history of Hollywood, uh, he has two interviews and the first interview is for Manchester by the Sea mm. and he sounds so up his own hole oh. uh, because it's suddenly, oh, look how amazing you are. Yeah. And it's clearly like if you're under Kenneth Lonergan <laughs> and you're saying his words, it's like you could get any, like any, like I could. He like, could get fucking what's his name from last from Rafifi. Yeah, like you'd be able to. Joe? Yeah, what was yeah. <laughs> what's it? Oh, a uh, fucking oh, beefcake. That's yeah, his beefcake. name. <laughs> uh-huh. The even him would be like, give a good performance because there's no way like the My dialogue son. is to like fucking Jean Renoir. Fucking uh, no, Jean Renoir, <laughs> Jean Renoir. <laughs> fucking, like, <laughs> like, just dig him out of the grave. <laughs> like, he's in the uh, in Margaret as well. He's great, but it's really weird. Like uh, it's a really weird performance as well, uh, which I love. Uh, I um, uh, I. I'll come why I really disliked both their depictions of the characters, even though the performances are good, mm. like they're good for. But I think it's in the writing, the problem there and how it kind of offsets what the rest of the movie is saying. Mm. Uh, and But I like the even the comparison with 20th century women, like the, how it's shot is very similar and stuff. And mm. uh, it could have easily, like, even though I love EZA, it's very much a Netflix movie. You know, yeah, it's, it's very bright and pretty. Yeah, yeah. And, mm. and this is more. Where is that set, though? That's all That's California. California. Like, fucking all these it's like, cheap. It's, <laughs> fucking... like, it's Napa or somewhere. It's well, somewhere. All these ones are, like, just up the road. It's oh, like, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> it's like California. It's the amazing thing about California that my favorite favorite thing about california is how uh especially in 80s b movies the sci-fi action movies that they're able to like make oh the beginning of the movie is in this alien planet or whatever and then Desert? somehow it ends up in modern day you know <laughs> like even masters of the new universe like he ends up like running around you know like in the tv show there was never 
fucking like Courtney Cox is now running around like <laughs> <Your> fucking, <cougar laughs> time. yeah like you know it's uh it's Thanks no because Courtney long. Cox is in the Masters of the Universe, uh, the Dolph Lodring movie with Frank Langella, a Skeletor. But she's also in Cougar Town, and uh, also she, set in California. She's I also believe. in uh, in the music video for Dancing in the Dark, uh, the Bruce Springsteen song. She, she's the girl that he brings My on stage. God, we which, have come full circle. Um, <laughs> yes, everything <laughs> goes back to Springsteen. Oh, uh, but uh, I liked how the the film was shot. Also, uh, interesting. Like I have kind of an int- uh, not interesting, but know more about Sacramento than like not the common person, or whatever. But uh, when they're really uh, Grapes of Wrath, it's interesting because the film end the the novel ends in Sacramento because mm. uh, the Dust Bowl people ended up uh, camping outside of Sacramento for jobs in the orchards and stuff. Mm. Uh, so it's interesting that they're listening to it while doing like their college trip or whatever in the beginning of the movie mm, uh, even though like that scene uh, lost its power because that's a crazy drunk well punch drunk love uh, no the fuck, crazy stupid love Steve Carell does the same th- thing and I was like what are you talking about punch drunk love uh, oh he does the, he jumps out of the car so yeah but it's not as good it's not as good but yeah. it came like two years before so it's kind of uh, like you know what I mean oh that God, it's yeah. And like, it's literally the same scene. I'm having an affair. Blah blah blah. And he's just like, nope, 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 nope. Oh god, I love Steve Carell though. <laughs> but <laughs> it's literally the same scene. So yeah. like, in a way, like I get it. It's like character based or whichever. And I kind of find it funny that she just has a broken arm. Like yeah. if you fall off a car yeah. moving at that speed, and at least Steve Carell is like in the suburban street. Yeah, they're, they're like in the motorway, like yeah, yeah. in an American motorway. So nobody is doing like. Kids, don't, don't jump out of cars. Like, that should have been just the beginning and end of the movie. Like, <laughs> it just ends with, like... She died. Uh, no, no, it ends... The, the rest of the movie is just an hour and a half real-time shot of her breathing through a tube <laughs> in a hospital. <laughs> like, after, oh, like, ha- getting severe brain hemorrhage. But, like... Fuck you, Laurie Metcalf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look what you did to me, mom. Then it could be like one of those, like, oh, my, nope. uh, uh, those nope. TV shows, uh, whichever. But um, coming uh, back to, like, I think the Session Ronan is really good in it, even though I wish it was an unknown actress in it, because mm. everybody else, and it's the same problem that I had separately to the written part, is that I haven't seen Laurie Metcalf in that many TV shows or movies. Mm. I haven't seen the dad in that many things, and the rest of the cast as well, uh, with the exception of the 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 main priest guy. The, oh, the, he's great. He's in lots of things. Yeah, uh, he's quite a small. He's not a very big actor. Yeah, he's he's, uh, he's, he's very things, much but... a character actor. Yeah. I have no problem with those popping. Mm. Jesus, they need the work. Give them the work. But like, uh, I would have preferred like a, a main, even though the accent is perfect and the mm. performance is great for the age gap or whatever, I would have felt a little, it, it's not that in, uh, how can I put it? It's that if it was a, a new actor and I, in a way, how would you advertise this movie? Because she's yeah, in the front no, in the uh, no, poster uh, yeah. <laughs> and like putting my producer hat on. Mm. I know that this is uh, like the movie doesn't get made without Saoirse yeah, Ronan. Yeah, exactly. And also she's a, a crutch for Greta Gerwig as a director. If yeah. you have like a first time movie with a first time actor, whichever is yeah. like, it's too much. But Issues. 
I do wish that well, it would I have mean, been I, like. Uh, I do. I do know what you mean, but that's... like not that there's a particular. And she she's embedded in the in the cast very well, etc. Mm. Like her relationship with her friend is very good. Uh, uh, and oh, all I that. love them. Uh, but it's almost uh, because everybody else doesn't look like they're they would be cast in any other movie. Mm. You know, even like the the friend that is like the cool friend, mm. she's so American cool girl person that she wouldn't even call attention to herself in any film. Let's say she you know? doesn't. I I was actually thinking that that I like that <clears throat> she is like the she's the pretty girl in a high school. You know what I mean? Like she's beautiful, but she's not like it's not fucking mean girls. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's not. She's not clueless. malicious. You know, she's just different. Like she's, she's smart as she's well. Just, uh, you know she's the rich girl and you know but at the same time like she has like that scene where she's like yeah i'd like to have kids where you know stitcher ronan's like you know oh fuck this sacramento is so shit and like from a person who came from a real shit non-place i mean people in movies who complain about the fact they live in fucking sacramento like at the same time it's kind of like your town is always i know i know but you know it just it irks me but um, and also you didn't have the nice part of town in mulgrana you know what I mean? Like, it's not... Uh, How dare you? <laughs> yeah, How I haven't very, been there. How very <laughs> There's a reason you. I haven't been up there. <laughs> but you know what I mean? That is, like, if you live in the poor part of town, like, even it's a part of my relationship with Dublin. Everywhere, every, if, everywhere has good and bad parts, though. Yeah, but not in the part that you go and it's like a fucking mansion that is i mean more than one every like uh, I, i've yeah, driven around yeah. that there's always like the guy that has the bigger farm and has the bigger yeah. house well to be fair sacramento is like an actual city it's yeah. not you know like a town uh but it's relatively small it's just mm. like the state capital and all this is the only real reason to work in sacramento kind of thing uh, <laughs> like as in like in an industrial yeah setting uh my two biggest problem, my only real issue with the movie, and um, is Timothy Chalamet and yeah, uh, I really, Lucas Hedges. I really felt the Timothy Chalamet thing yesterday. It's just he just feels a bit wasted. It's it was more like, than anything that he is too much, yeah. as in too much everything, like yeah. too much asshole, too much like really like conspiracy theorist kind yeah. of. He's uh, like he feels, you know, he feels what Lady Bird would write a character. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that's the character, and in a way, is interesting. But because nobody else in the movie he is that feels way, as if just he almost feels like a comedy character because he's so bad. Yeah, and just for like, because I'm mean, even the scene after like she has sex with him and he's just like going on about like freaking Iraq or not, uh, or like um, is that what's he what's he talking about? And she's just, she's just like shut. Why the bombing of Iraq? You know, yeah, and she's like shut up. I love that scene because oh god, the amount of little fucking shitheads in my life that I wish I had had the balls at that age to say just shut up you don't know anything you're just a douchebag but at the same time it's like yeah he's it's it's too much it's too much the reading of the books everywhere and the, oh god yeah it becomes I, he just and feels... even the brother that you were saying uh, uh, sorry for interrupting mm. just by, like I really liked his depiction because even like the little oh, part of him oh he feels much going, more real yeah. yeah I just wish he had a bit more screen time but but like I think that like it's uh, interesting enough. Whatever. Like I got Easy A kind of flashbacks as well mm. because he's qu- clearly adopted as yeah. well because 
uh, he's clearly Mexican even with the the name Miguel. Yeah. And neither of the parents are Hispanic. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of like I was like, wait, Stanley Tucci just comes in. It's like, where are you from what? originally? <laughs> I'm adopted. What? But who told you? But yeah, like the 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 bit, uh, especially like afterwards, the after they have sex the first time, the he's gonna go. Oh, you're making yourself angry and stuff. Mm. That is such a guy thing to do. Uh, there's parts of it I think it's also kind of saved by Timothy Shalloway because yeah. even though he's now, like if, if if it wasn't him yeah it'd be unsufferable I'd yeah. be like pulling my hair out but at the same time I was more like my hand was in my head <laughs> let, let's say I wasn't, I wasn't pulling my hair yeah, but yeah. I was still kind Softly of like no touching it no as, and it bounced back because Ricardo's hair is rocking uh, but like even if it was just one isolation thing, it, it's kind of that they put all the mm. blender because he's still cool he's in a band yeah. it, it's too much it's like that that guy is it's like he can, I think just him being a bit feckless yeah would make much more sense it'd be <clears> almost <throat> a, if they put it, it, like it almost seems like the this is based in a novel and he's made to do the job of like four oh, different the characters as well yeah yeah he's like 10 different it's almost that it's like oh we don't have the time to, for her to date too many people because in the novel it takes mm. time we don't her seeing make her seem that she's dating too many people too fast so let's just compress <laughs> it into two boys and they compress everything into like chamele mm. and uh and my problem with Lucas Hedges is that I always find it kind of uh, uncomfortable mm. the way that they dealt with the gay subplot. Not with, for one, it's a cop on like mm. that she walks in. Also, it's stupid the way that it's shot because there's many cubicle doors that are yeah, open. You could have been hiding. So if you're going into a men's bathroom because there's no cues, why would you open a cubicle door that is closed? Mm. Oh, I get you. Oh, yeah, good point. Like, you can see in the shot because feels, she walks in. If they had locked the other really ones. It feels really movie. Yeah. It's a bit. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, my God. And also, it's kind of like straight after. Which I, I think if you're going to do the plot. Mm. And also, because the Lucas Hedges character, he's very much... Uh, the the realization and the respect that he shows her beforehand and stuff yeah uh i didn't know that he was gay before watching the movie but as soon as he started like i respect you too much and stuff i was like mm. no, no like no <laughs> not that my gay radar was was not going that off obviously there are teenage boys out there who will respect you yeah but but it more like in the movie right? it's like uh, yeah woo, woo. It's like uh, I was watching uh, my uh, my brilliant friend with Alex the other day and uh, somebody coughs and it's like, she's going to die. Mm-hmm. You know, because in the movie, why would you have it otherwise? You know, like uh, yeah. any time somebody this coughs. Isn't, this is graffiti. It's, it's like in a cop movie when somebody says, I'm retiring tomorrow. <laughs> oh, like you're no. not making it out it of the first my, act. It was my last day on the force. <laughs> you're not making it. It's like fucking uh, William Peterson shows up in short shorts. <laughs> To avenge your murder, but uh, I hope that if I'm ever murdered, that William Peterson shows. Yes, but not in CSI because he's going deaf in CSI uh, or blind. I can't remember which one. Uh, But in uh, not him, like the character. Uh, It's the stall. I like him. With it, like if he had just gone, like oh, I respect you. That when it's getting a little bit far, Mm. 
Yeah. That he just went, look, Lady Bird, I'm actually... Because I really liked the scene outside the cafe and stuff. Yeah. The, when And afterwards that they still, like, had the, like, friendship relationship. And even her parents was like, oh, we miss you and yeah. stuff. That It's kind of like if it had ended... But I, he didn't just disappear. That he just became, like, a friend. Yeah. Uh, I thought that... Uh, and also, like, it would have been kind of interesting since you brought this up. That if she had kind of kept going out with him, like not going out, going out, but like going hanging to family dinner, him, hanging yeah. out to like hide the parents' things, mm. but not like you know let them think, but without us actually lying. Yeah. It's kind of like we're not going to, going out together, but if there's a boy and a girl hanging out all the mm. time, they make one one makes three. Uh, but like I just. Like, it was another, like, one of those, like, little movie moments, you mm. know, kind of thing. And uh, there's a few peppered, but that's the only one that I really had an issue with. Like, mm. uh, like when they do the car thing or when she throws the, the like, the fucking book, the marking book in the bin. And that they have to use, like, the honor code is, like, that would never have no. happened. And also, no. since that, also, that score goes to, like, if you can go to college... It's not like your mom would yeah. have entered it in the computer, even in 2002. Yeah. Yeah. You're also, in the system. That guy is inappropriate. Yeah. Like, I, that guy's creepy and yeah. it's never addressed. Yeah. And yeah, because we were watching it last night and I was like, I'm sorry. Like, good sweet mother Jesus. And any teacher I have ever fucking known has been like, you need to tread a very careful line. Yeah, but I liked it though because it's very much. Uh, that kind of thing that we were talking about, uh, all the girls, all the boys you I loved before. Uh, mm. That this film feels like you could have seven or eight different films in made the in the same story. Yeah, the Ladybird could be the secondary character of somebody else's movie yeah. and stuff. Like, like when she goes to the house of her friend, you're like, ah, I'd watch a whole movie in that house. <laughs> yeah. you know, because it's so, and it's only like a few shots, and they just eat cheese, and yeah. I just love it where she's just like, you know, I've had a dress, and you're like, ah, because it's just they're so. I just love their comfort together, and it's just so rare that you have a female friendship like this. Yeah, that's just you know, that's not about them going and being bulimic, and you know what I mean. It's just they're just friends and like whenever they're talking about like going to the log ride and just everything about it it's like oh yes and then it's the great thing as well that like the the friend is still going to university but because she's from a slightly lower rung yeah and clearly the her mom like if fucking ladybirds parents are struggling to pay for a catholic school i can only imagine what the 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 other mom is going through but the they don't have the finances to send uh, the friend to a different city, but mm. that she's still going to university, let's say. It's not yeah. that she's left behind, even though she has, like, the best but grades. But you can imagine her going off and having her life as yeah. well. You know, that it's not... You don't feel that, like, when Lady Bird goes to New York that everything else stops. Yeah. And I like the little bit that it's, like, completely out of nowhere, but it's so real that it's, like, oh, my dad resurfaced and he wants to spend the summer together. Uh, yeah. And I think it's a good idea because I'm not going anywhere for college. So yeah. it's a kind it of a break. Uh, yeah. And it doesn't. it didn't have to have a big dramatic scene oh. of anything it was it's just... not her going like oh, it's not fucking miami connection but like the oh uh, my miami, father miami connection is getting a lot of references these days like the mother character very reminded me of my own mom uh, 
and then certain points like my relationship with my mom when i was younger yeah uh so like in that sense it's uh i found it kind of but also it's kind of interesting because my mom also had to do the other job had to be like the dad in this so like it gave me a nice little appreciation for my mom shout Mm. out to mercedes even though like she doesn't listen to the pod yeah well shout out anyways uh but uh with this as well as the um, that for me is that even going to college and stuff is like all my lecturers all my teachers before and like my family's like oh straight a student oh you're gonna be great at everything you're gonna be awesome whatever uh and then it's like i got a job and was like a manager like after six months mm. and i was 18 giving orders to like 35 year olds and i just thought oh yeah it's just gonna be like that you know like <laughs> this graduate is like going past you know like when you're playing like gta or something that every level you oh, just yeah. get like more money more guns more women more you know i, I thought that that's how life was it's just oh, you go so in what you're saying is you didn't have the realization that i had when i was 17 well but the thing is that it hit me a lot harder when it did because i was already kind of like ah this is uh, now i'm just mildly interesting i have a drinking problem (laughs) (laughs) no i think by the time i was 17 it was starting to hit me very hard how mediocre i was (laughs) i was like oh no now i have to go to college come on you're special you're awesome I, i can reinvent myself like, and then uh, I started drinking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Back to the pile. <laughs> like, uh, oh, also, uh, I should have said at the top, uh, people, uh, this is my last spot or last oh, podcast for a also, good happy while. New Year. Happy New Year, yes. Uh, We're taking a, uh, a sabbatical. Sabbatical, not hiatus. We have not fallen out. Um, and if we have, we're hiding it well. Um, <laughs> Ricardo is going to Uruguay so um, for a lovely holiday. So um, to see his family. So uh, sadly, I'm unable to continue <laughs> to do everything without him. So, uh, <laughs> Would it be hilarious if you just did <laughs> kept doing the podcast, but not just by yourself? Is if you filled in for me as well, yeah, but think... doing your version of oh, Ricardo? I think I could do it after all these years. So like, yeah, yeah what's your favorite thing about? the film Ladybird. just we even fucking didn't touch on the fact that her name is not ladybird and it's such an interesting part but then again um i think probably her friendship with her friend also maybe the letters the yeah god the letters hit you hard like that's just the her inability to express it and then the way her dad says about her thinking that you that you know that your spelling wouldn't be good or that the writing wouldn't you know what i mean if there's so many things there and like that's really that like you know because <laughs> i was thinking yeah. about a movie that i know you hate which also has people dr- being left to college which is um the kids are all right oh jesus christ <laughs> that is an atrocious movie yes <laughs> A waste of so many great people. Uh, and how... And Josh, whatever his name is. What? Well, like uh, you said, a waste of so many great people. And... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but how that also has it as a, as an ending to the film. Like the very... It's very much in the final third of the movie. And it's meant to be there as a real emotional punch. 
and it does not land at all in the way it does in this. When she's writing the letter, I was like, oh, she's going to mm. fuck. Even when he, the dad puts the letter, it's like, mm. we're going to cut to the inner voice. And it's like, do you go see the letter? And then it just cuts in. Literally, where you can see that it's you straight only, away. You only get a few lines of it, even. And the best thing is that you see that each letter fucking is addressing her differently. Yeah. And it's like how fucking complicated the relationship is. Yeah. Or even when the mother drives around, any other movie, they'll go like, oh, I they love you, I love you too, everything is okay, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, I love the the way that even the voice message is not, she doesn't get to talk to her mom. Yeah. She has to leave the voice message. But in a way, is that if the mom had answered, she, would never she wouldn't be, be able, able to, to say it. To yeah. say it. Uh, I like the driving thing as well. Yeah. I like that a lot. So what was your favorite thing? Uh, my favorite thing would probably the 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 family unit itself mm. uh i think that and also how it depicts depression i think that that mm. is uh, it's very few films get it right especially like with the dad that like at no point he seems depressed yeah but at the moment it, the, quite it breaks your heart when he goes oh don't make a big deal out of it that he really is offended by uh ladybird getting out of the car like before oh God, and is... I started weeping a bit at the oh. moment. Also because he kind of doesn't even look that, at her in that, that moment. That is something that I 100% would have done as a teenager as well. Not really appreciating how hurtful something yeah. like that is. Of like, you know, and it's like, a I'm very, too cool for this. And like, also oh. a very subtle scene that like uh, is the catalyst for the change in Ladybird as it goes as she goes on that uh it becomes the first time that she starts talking to her parents as mm. people that even when uh, her mom is pissed off for her because she's going to college to new york mm. it um she's like talk to me but like the, the way that she's talking to her it's kind of with empathy rather than not understanding yeah you know what i mean it's like she puts herself in the shoes of the mom and it's like the first time that she does it and i think it's that scene in the beginning and in that moment mm. that really captures the what what the film truly is trying to get at and i think that like also the fact that the mom is a nurse in a mental health clinic and she can't deal with her husband's depression and also something that like lady Burke clearly perhaps is not depressed but she's depressive yeah and uh, she's trying to deal with it in a way that you know like almost like bipolar but not really and uh, the sense, like even how fast she becomes happy or sad depending on her mm. life it's very teenagey kind of thing yeah but but it's also kind of like the undercut that when you even without understanding that her dad has depression mm. is that i think that like it's just because depression is kind of like this cloud mm. over yeah. everything that uh, but it's not movie depression which yeah, is yeah. very crucial here yeah. What was your uh, least favorite thing? Well, uh, it's a tie, uh, which is very funny. Something that I haven't even fucking mentioned in the episode because it's been the rambling one, but a uh, good one, I think. Yeah, a lot to cover. Uh, is that uh, one would be the Lucas Hedges uh, either reveal that he's gay mm. or how he's used as a plot point that he's mm. gay. That is like he's a character before. And he's a character in the very end of the movie. The but then, like, yeah. that middle is kind of... He becomes a plot point. The same way that Timothy Chalamet is a plot point in the movie. And it's, like, the only two real missteps. And cinematically-wise is that I think... Uh, without knowing it, is that Greta Gerwig shoots New York as 
somebody that has lived in New York for years, mm. not as somebody that has just come to New York. And yeah. I think that considering that she's gone from Sacramento, which is one of the flattest cities in America, yeah. to New York, and she clearly really hasn't feel like New York. Yeah, and she goes yeah. to Brooklyn, which is like okay, f- fine, but you know, like uh, in the Heights or whatever mm. issues that I have with it or whatever, is that like you have this huge opportunity that you have the enough money, obviously, to film in New York because that's shot in New York, but you shoot in parts that is like could be anywhere, could could be Vancouver. Yeah, like, and it's nice, it's different, but it's not, you know, that kind of oppression when you come in. You've been in Sacramento for your entire life, and now you're suddenly in New York City. Uh, What about you? What's your least favorite thing? Probably Timothy Chalamet, uh, in particular. Like, I I think you're right about Lucas Hedges as well, but he does kind of, it is redeemed a bit. But, yeah, it's just, oh, God, it's just about kind of like, you know like even of all the like shithead teenage boys i've ever known none of them were ever that you know that was like literally a cliche like a, like a fucking <laughs> smorgasbord you know like, who he is like yeah the the teenage that is created in riley's mind and in inside out yes i will die for you Riley. <laughs> Oh my god, actually. But obviously no way as well handled as it is in Inside Out. Um but yeah, it's just especially when you know Timothy Chalamet and what he can do, even yeah. in something like I haven't seen Beautiful Boy and I don't think I really want to, but at the same time, like seeing what he does in a movie like that is just Yeah. He's got the boy's got range. You could have done a lot with him, but um even like playing a flawed asshole kid, like yeah. you know, he could have done a whole heap. Like, of is well. that there's nothing good? No, <laughs> it's like he's not even cool. No, he's not like the 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 dude. You know that like yeah. everybody like goes, I can't believe that you're dating him and yeah. stuff like that. It's not he's not even rich. He's not even <laughs> fucking anything. You know, like he's yeah, just he's just a genuine general asshole. And even like as. Even though Lady Bird is horny, and I like that they depict that because so many movies are afraid, especially when it comes to teenage uh, girls, that yeah. like sexualities, like even movies directed by women and written by women, sometimes it's like you can feel the producer in the background going like, "I feel a little bit uncomfortable here." <laughs> this this is not something that we tackle. Yeah, so like I think that this movie really does it kind of. Great. Another thing, really quickly, is that the depiction of the first time sex was very badly handled as well. Uh, and just... Uh, uh, so, uh, logistically? Uh, not only logistically, like, filming what is, like, not that you need nudity, but for one is, like, I always find it weird when movies nowadays, especially, like, movies like that, n- nowadays with the amount of patches and CGI that you can use, like... You can to, have your actors, uh, like, naked but not naked. Yeah. yeah. And not worry about, kind of, you know, uh, that... But have it that it's more realistic because mm-hmm. every time that I see, like, somebody having... and Somebody that just, is like, grab my boobs, so it's like... Mm. You're going to have sex the first time and you're thinking of this romantic and it's not even like super quick. It's like they're doing it slowly, they're mm. undressed, whatever. And then it's like, I'm just going to leave my brow on. And then yeah. it's kind of, it's weird, but it just makes it a movie moment, you know, like that. Even if it was just focused on their faces and you know what's going on, you don't yeah. even need to see their bodies. She's on top. They're yeah, good actors. You, you can yeah. do it 
any different way. Just don't use the flat side yeah. shot uh, that is like always the, the I little... I assume that it was kind of more to be that it was just so not what she expected you know, but yeah. Yeah, but then imagine if after that it's like I got naked for this. Yeah. That is like the 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 thing that is the weirdest thing about bad sex. Yeah. That it's like I took off all my clothes. And now you're like, especially when, this. especially like now uh, I have to put them back on again. Yeah, and it's <laughs> and go home and worry about being pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> it's kind of like losing your virginity is class. What's funny, actually, you know what? You are very right because in a good, in like a good, Dario the teenage girl, they, they yes, do it in a stuff. good, in a good scene, as in a realistic scene or a scene that feels real for the characters of losing your virginity. Always makes me think of my own experience, and that didn't. Yeah, and I kind of thought maybe it was because of the Timothy Chalamet character, but I think you might be right. Mm. And if they were gonna do it like the dress up bit, do it in a party, like in the bathroom in a party or something like that. Mm. That it's like you have an excuse not to get naked. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? That, that oh, you can sidestep that yeah. kind of thing. Like that. No, that's such I, a pivotal I, part yeah. for the character that I just wanted to to get it in there before <laughs> the end of the episode. No, I do think you're right. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that you, you did like it. Um, yeah, I really liked it. Mm. Uh, I was surprised because like. Uh, for most people that I heard either like really, really, really loved it mm. or hated it or thought that it was meh. I'm kind of like going towards the really, really liking, mm. but not quite there. Yeah. But it's really interesting yeah, what Greta Gerwig of, does. That's why like, I, oh, I'm so baffled by the like it has this has 99% on Rotten Tomatoes like I understand that because I well, don't Rotten know Tomatoes why somebody is, would say that it's yeah, a bad movie no, like even okay, like Rotten average... Tomatoes is a bad example but at the same time it's like it just it normally you can find one person from one reputable paper that didn't like something and this was just like it didn't even, not even didn't like it but gave it like three and a half stars you know what I mean and like this was just like insanely acclaimed but, which is obviously great but but part of it I think it's the, the overcorrection as well when it comes sometimes uh, with uh, yeah. female and uh, directors of color and that never I, this universally though there was no, no like especially yeah but it's the same like Get Out was the same as well that in, in the no, sense no well, that wasn't as there were there were definitely dissenters for, yeah. for Get Out not like people who just didn't think it was as good as everyone else thought it was yeah. you know what I mean and like even if I went on to Letterboxd yeah. trying to find somebody who didn't like it and there was like one person it was just like I douche. think it's a crowd pleaser yeah. kind of thing. It's a very well structured movie, and it's yeah. a very like there are little quibbles that you can have. Mm-hmm. In the oh, movie, no, but it but is I brilliant. The... Yeah, I don't want to knock it, like, but, but like, just, I, I, I find I, that fascinating. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like when you have it's it's the star is born. It's the star is born. But that's the thing is that sometimes you get like a, a film that what right, happens right with time, critics, right place, and also is that even if you're a misogynistic prick that hated this movie just because it was directed by a woman and starring a woman. The film doesn't give you enough excuses the, mm. to say it. So you have to kind of like give a four out of five and go like, oh, I don't know why people God. are saying that it's a masterpiece. or whatever. She, she might possibly be the best thing we've ever sort of exported. She's so great. Daniel Day-Lewis. Ah, yeah, but like he's retired. And he's not, he's not as fun in interviews. Um, so Ricardo, 
Where can they find us? The Recommendation Game on Facebook, at The Right Game on Twitter, The Recommendation Game at gmail.com every Monday, uh, 11 to 12 on Dublin Digital Radio. And our back episodes on the Dublin Digital Radio Mix Cloud. You can also find us on iTunes and the Podcaster of Choice. And leave us a like, etc. etc. Subscribe, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Next week's film is chosen by no one. <gasps> no, it's chosen by you, dear listener. Now you have, what, 107 episodes that you can go back? I think this is 107. We might possibly be even more than that. You can now go back and pick one for your own pleasing. I was Ricardo Deacon. I was Ordo Magnus. See you in February. <laughs> <laughs>